everyone, future Andrew here. Just wanted to let you know about some things regarding this episode. In this episode, we were discussing Power World, and due to the nature of some of the discussions, maybe a little bit more on the explicit side. So, for those sensitive listeners, please just take some precaution, especially around about minute 19 for the next about six minutes. Uh, secondly, relating to Power World, um, at time of recording, there was no news about the Pokemon company taking any action uh, other than uh, to mods to the game. Uh, since recording, though, there has been confirmation that the Pokemon company is looking into these allegations. Uh, we'll hopefully have some more information to discuss and bring to you next week. Enough from future Andrew, though. Past Andrew is far more exciting. Enjoy the episode. This is your Week in Gaming, episode 31, recorded for the 26th of January, 2024, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk Walmart throwing Starfield out, Wired Game layoffs, PS5 PC ports, and YouTube ad blockers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of Your Week in Gaming. It is Friday, the 26th of January. This is the last episode for January, and we go into the month of love or whatever February means to you. Uh, it, that's one month down, 11 more to go. The year's already running away. And uh, somebody else that's trying to just touch sides at the moment is Samantha. Listen, what February means to me is it's the end of January. <laughs> That's that's all Feb means to me at this point. Ladies and gents, we have got through the three months of January. Um, <laughs> if, especially if you're South African, you know exactly what that means. January is just one of those months that just seem to extend, extend. I had to go and fill up on my way back home today. And that was a 967 Rand refill up on the car on the 24th. I need to go like soon. So I only drive like maybe once or twice a week because everything happens within my house. But I'm I'm very close to that E line and I'm just trying to... The last time I filled up was... I want to say October. That's how little I drive. But now it's at that point and, and it's going to be a full tank. And I realized today, you know what? I should just every month just put in like 200 bucks. And then instead of having to pay, double. you know, and then instead of having to pay like a full tank one shot every three or four months, I just, meh, meh, meh. it's like, it's like, play, it's like paying it off, but without interest. Be great. Exactly. So I had to go and fill up because I was on my way home and then I saw my dashboard where it's like, ah, fuel low, consider refueling. I was like, oh, but I could still do like 75 kilometers apparently. And I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't risk it. And be Consider on the side of the <laughs> and be stuck on the freeway, being like, "Well, I've got podcasts to get to, I've got other things I need to do, and I've got no fuel." So I decided to fill up, and it hurt me. But uh, now that that pain has gone, we can talk about some gaming pain and some awesome like gaming news that we have uh, this week. So, gaming news now, and retail giant Walmart is reportedly going to throw out physical copies of Starfield. <laughs> this isn't because of the other uh, game, even though I think we can agree it was pretty disappointing and filled with loading screens, but rather due to the rise of digital media. Uh, Walmart has dropped the price of the game from $69.99 to apparently just three cents starting on Monday, the January the 22nd. Um, apparently Bethesda is working on some updates for the game, which is uh, scheduled to come out sometime in 2024, um, and is currently being beta tested. But ultimately, this and Best Buy's decision uh, to stop selling DVDs and Blu-rays uh, earlier on may 
continue this terrible, uh, like, shall we say, the downfall of physical media. Now, it is important to note that that three cents was apparently there was also a block on selling it. So it was more like an internal memo that things that were sent out. But I did see some posts where reportedly people were able to go pick up the physical copy for like three cents, which is crazy insane but like okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna loop in something that we had for the the special mentions later because i feel like it kind of goes into this so there's mm. a youtuber who is currently suing half-life or, or like suing the the people behind half-life because ubisoft there you go he wants to sue ubisoft when i say sue it's like a class action because they're shutting down the servers for a, a game called the crew a racing game and because there's no offline mode it means that everyone who bought the game and paid money for the game will no longer have access to that game. It will be gone forever for them. And he's saying that this is like a really shady kind of gray area in, in video gaming at the moment where you pay for something, but someone can just say, okay, well, we're, we're taking it away now. And, and it's something we've spoken about a few times on the podcast. And I just feel yeah. like... In a, in a similar vein, right? Like, so f for the Starfield thing, it's not the end of the world. You can still get it online. But what yeah. happens if one day they decide, well, we're taking Starfield off the market? You know, it was really bad and we don't want to sell it anymore. Um, I don't know if it has an offline mode, but if it doesn't, then that means that everybody who bought the game can now no longer play the game, which also ties into my massive issue with games being always online. I have a lot of issues with the gaming industry currently. <laughs> I think it's just the the way that the world is going, considering that, you know, it is like the whole fourth industrial revolution engaging, you know, technology and the way it's changing everybody's lives. And things like that mean that online games and online only and online services are the way that everything is progressing to. I agree, though, that if you do purchase a game, you should be able to play it. It being only online is a bit of a problem, but... I mean, as long as they continue to show that they're going to continue to have support for it, you know, for years to come, then I mean, like, you, you know, for however long, then I'm not too concerned. Think of, like, Diablo 2 Resurrected. I mean, Diablo 2 is a fairly old game, but I mean, like, it's still being supported now. Diablo 3, you can still play online, you can play offline. It doesn't really matter. You know, if we look back, you know, if we go 10 years from now in Diablo 4, as long as, like, you're still able to play the game, not going to be too concerned. But I do have something to point out. Why does it always seem like Ubisoft are the guys that are making these terrible decisions and there's all these terrible it's things Ubisoft, happening? Man. <laughs> it's Ubisoft. It's like, who, like, pick the lesser of the two evils. It's either Ubisoft and their terrible takes or it's like EA and just DLC fests or just, you know, Blizzard with, you know, like their Stockholm Syndrome that they have us gamers in, you know, and people that have left Blizzard. It just seems like everything is, but I think a lot of people are, starting to just take a stand for it which you know what i i agree with you know um we have to tell the developers you know what you feel and at the end of the day your hard-earned dollars your hard-earned rands your euros whatever your currency may be whatever that is what will make people listen to you is those hard-earned bucks and how you spend them yeah 100 percent. i think that um it's it's a weird practice and as you say when there is support um then it's 
slightly better. I'll be curious to see what happens with this class action. This guy says he's like working an angle that he doesn't believe has been approached yet in terms of like buying versus like um, subscription, perpetual license, the thing that you own versus the thing that you're renting, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll be curious to see where that goes because obviously everything up till now has been kind of sucks to be you. So we'll yeah. we'll keep an eye on that and we'll update as we uh, as we hear more. Mm-hmm. Hogwarts Legacy is doing better than I think a lot of people expected even now. So last week we spoke about Baldur's Gate and the stupid amount of money that that game made at the end of last year or by the end of last year, however you want to phrase it. Now we find out Hogwarts Legacy has broken a 14-year games industry streak. And what streak is that? It is the streak of the game that has sold the most copies in a year. Now, that title has belonged to Call of Duty slash Rockstar Games since 2009. It has been perpetually Call of Duty, except... One year was Grand Theft Auto, one year was Red Dead Redemption, and now, and all of those are Rockstar, and now for the first time, Hogwarts Legacy broke that streak. They sold the most copies of a game in the entirety of 2023. Now, obviously, a big thing that factors into that is it is on basically every platform you can think of. You can get it anywhere, everywhere. It is readily available for people. But I still think that that it is a massive, massive accomplishment for a game to finally have, um, yeah, broken that streak. So well done, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, you know what? It was a a phenomenal game. Um, I played it. I'm playing it a second time. (laughs) It's it's really it's it's really a beautiful game. I think maybe what some of the reason may be that kind of helped boost it was all the uh, the controversy about it. The free publicity. Yeah, the free publicity that everybody just decided to throw it at. And you know what? It was actually worthwhile at the end of the day because the game was really, really, really good. Yes, it was only single player, but what's wrong with just single player only games? Like people. People like that, you know. The story was pretty good. The uh, oh, I mean, it was pretty good. It was like really, really good. I I truly enjoyed it. And you know what? I've got no issue with it. You know what? Kudos to them. They did a phenomenal job. They got a lot of free publicity. They did a lot of their own publicity and everything as well. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, it just you know showed the you know just screw the haters. At the end of the day. Speaking of, so two games that made it into the top. 12 despite having less than stellar launches were diablo 4 and starfield so you know they start i mean diablo 4 came in at sixth place sixth most best-sellingest game of 2023 despite all of the issues i do think that like in starfield's case i think a lot of it came down to like pre-orders because a lot of people were excited for the game a lot of people were putting in their pre-orders early on and then the game released and like still people bought it because they were still excited for it. And then I imagine sales started to decline as they realized that it was uh, disappointing. 
but yeah, pretty pretty interesting list, all things considered. There's like Spider-Man on there. Again, you know, people were saying that should have won Game of the Year, so it wouldn't surprise me that it's uh, up there in the top 10. Um, you Madden NFL, that was a big surprise for me. I did not realize just how popular the Madden games were. Oh, Madden games are super popular. Maybe not yet, but like in America, oh, it is it is huge. Considering how big the NFL is and, you know, how much money they generate, it's it's oh, I'm I'm actually not surprised. Hmm. Plus I'm a big fan of NFL games. Some of the sales are probably because of me as well. <laughs> <laughs> you helped. <laughs> I I helped with my measly one copy. In more recent tech news, Riot Games has announced massive layoffs with growing costs and failures to drive player value as reasons for it. 530 people, or 11% of their workforce, will no longer be employed by the entity. This decision continues to follow the unfortunate trend of studio shutdowns, game cancellations, and AAA studio layoffs that dominated 2023. Developers last year laid off staff members by the hundreds, with some of them including Ubisoft, Bungie, uh, Embracer Group, Epic Games, and Unity, just to name a few of them. Um, with Tale, a League of Legends game, now marking the final publication for Riot Forge, Riot Games CEO wants fans to remain optimistic about, optimistic about the future of the company and its releases. Whilst players remain understandably skeptical, it is unknown just how long this unfortunate trend will last. And it is just something that happens in the gaming industry and the tech industry, where Companies go through this massive boom, they hire a lot of people, and then just in terms of to continue that growth and stuff, they just can't handle the costs anymore. Um, but it isn't something that is, you, you know, new. I remember mm -hmm. we did discuss this, you know, a, a while back with Richard, um, that, you know, it's, it's one of these ebbs and flows of the tech industry. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, we, we call it the esports winter or esports recession. It's a similar thing there as well. And I know that a lot of the employees that were let go from Riot were also part of their um, esports divisions. In fact, I know a couple of people personally who have just lost their jobs through this. And it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking for them. Um, and the thing that really, like, astounds me is you, you go take a look at Riot's website and they have delisted all of their job postings. Now, those 530 jobs, they weren't 530 people that were hired to sit there and suck their thumbs. They had jobs. They had responsibilities. They had things that they were doing. And I know for a fact that some of the positions that people lost their jobs in, those jobs still need doing. So now essentially what you're doing is you are shafting that work onto other people within your organization because you're not hiring new people. So the kind of ripple effect of this is massive um and i think the only reason that i have any sort of a, a real view on it now is because again i i have like i don't want to say inside information because that's inaccurate but i i know people who have been affected and i know that the i know the roles that they had and so i know that this problem is a lot bigger than just we needed to make cuts because of like budgetary constraints and stuff so there will definitely be a big ripple effect on this one and esports aside okay because that that's a whole other kettle of fish that we don't go into but when it comes down to the game development side if this affects the riot mmo i will be very upset <laughs> i i don't necessarily think it will uh, impact the mmo 
I think people just need to understand it does suck, right? Yeah. Losing losing your job, uh, it's it can be a very traumatic thing, and it is something that happens. But I like to be optimistic about the, these things, right? A door's going to close, but somewhere along the line, another door's going to open, right? And at the end of the day, it's it's going to sound very. Uh, I don't even quite know what the word is, but like just you know, it sucks. But keep your chin up, and something will come, and it'll probably be a better opportunity as well. Abound on the next few PlayStation 5 ports that we may yet be seeing. This is super exciting for me. So obviously, uh, PlayStation has already ported a few games over to PC, Horizon being one of them, God of War being one of them. They've done quite well. And yeah, like sometimes the ports are a little bit janky going from controller to M- uh, MKB or vice versa. We'll always have some slight issues with it that need to be looked over. But on the whole, it's been pretty decent. Um, so there is now a, a list of games that have been leaked that are rumored to be the next few games that will be ported from PS5 to PC. And uh, there's there's a lot of exciting stuff in this, right? Last of Us Part 2, a uh, big one. I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people are going to be absolutely out of their minds for that one. God of War Ragnarok. When the first, like, Nordic God of War game came out, like I call it, it to, to, to just say God of War is weird to me because God of War 1 is something else entirely. So the, the first Nordic God of War game, when that one came and was ported onto PC, it did really well. It was a ton of fun. I played it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was open world. I stopped playing it like halfway because I I get overwhelmed. Um, but it was still a lot of fun and I still love the God of War series. And I know that a lot of people when Ragnarok was first announced were saying PC port win. Well, folks, PC port soon TM. Uh, other games include Demon's Souls, Gran Turismo 7, which I imagine you would just play with a controller anyway. Racing games, MKB not the best of of bedmates. Uh, And of course, Ghosts of Tsushima, another very, very popular game that I actually would quite like to play myself. So some very, very exciting games potentially coming through on a PC port. uh, Dune TM. There's no real date on this because again, it's a rumor and it might not happen. But if it does, that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. Look, I'm always a big fan of... I, I like PlayStation games. I like PC games. And if there's games on the PlayStation, thankfully I'm actually own a PlayStation, not necessarily a PS5, but I own a PS4. So I get to play, you know, either or. So I've I've had the uh, the joy of playing things like Horizon Zero Dawn on the uh, the PS4 and I've got it on the PC and I've been able to play it there and beautiful game, right? I'm I'm all for this. I don't necessarily think that things should always be locked behind a console, but I do understand why companies will do it like Nintendo. So I'm perfectly okay with it. Um, It just means that I'll be able to play other people's games now that I haven't been able to play. So like The Last of Us uh, 2 remake, you know, if that comes out onto PC, fantastic. Hopefully Naughty Dog sort out the port because uh, I know that the first the, the the last of us port was not the greatest when it first came out but it was pretty good after they had fixed all those issues I went to go and have a look at it and people were like you know what they've sorted out uh, the issues the game is great now um so yeah I mean Gran Turismo 
if that comes out onto PC, some racers are going to absolutely love it. Thing, I think that like this is really great for PC gamers because even if the port isn't phenomenal for MKB, if you have a controller that you can plug into your PC, you can play it like a console without having to spend the money on a console. So there's definitely a big upside to that. Um, and of course, with them coming to Steam, it means that they're potentially subject to future Steam sales, which I think will make people very, very happy as well. So very big news there. Other big news. Sorry, go on. Cheap games. Everybody loves cheap games. True. <laughs> Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> Rise up. <laughs> Everybody loves a cheap game. All right. Well, speaking of cheap and great, normally, normally it's cheap and nasty. This is cheap and great. Um, mm-hmm. We spoke about Pell World last week, and it's a game that I was already, I don't want to say excited for. Excited is not the word. I, it wasn't like a Christmas thing where I was like counting down the days and I couldn't wait or whatever. Like, I had read about it a few months ago, and I was like, that looks kind of cool. I'll probably check it out when it releases one day. And then they were like, release. And I was like, oh, cool. I guess I'm going to check that out. And we spoke about it on the podcast. And it was like, yeah, here's a game, guys. Pokemon with guns. Off you go. Enjoy. My God. (laughs) The reception (laughs) for this game has been unprecedented it is ridiculous how popular this game has become in the space of by the time of recording one uh sorry by the time of recording five days because the it is now wednesday it released on friday and it it did it came with a slew of issues right lots of bugs it absolutely chunks your gpu like i'm sitting on like 75 percent gpu usage on medium graphics like it is a monster but it's badly optimized because it is a early it's it's early access like the game has not yeah. actually released yet so there will be optimization stuff and there's a lot of bugs like my pals go missing on my farm or they like get stuck in walls or like various other things that happen right it's like kind of indie quote-unquote growing pain shenanigans but the game itself is great it is fucked up and that will get bleeped out so don't worry about that but it is great okay like the 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 morally dark freaking war crimes (laughs) that you can commit in this game (laughs) are unreal but somebody put a tweet out and it resonated with me. Gamers don't care as long as it's a good game. You want to yep. put in war crimes? Cool. Make it a good game. You want to put in me clubbing cute little pals so that I can stick them in a ball and enslave them on my farm? As long as it's a good game, I'm down. Because we realize it, it is just a game, guys. It, it is just a game. Yep. Like, this is not actual, genuine, real life. Yeah, I think, you know, people need, just need to understand that, is that not every, like, no one's really going to be like, oh, I'm going to go and capture a human and go sell them to an NPC, because you could basically just go straight up do human trafficking. Another thing is that anything you capture in a pal sphere is considered a pal, and you can butcher pals. And you can butcher let- people. I will let your mind run wild with regards <laughs> to that. But I mean, like, it's it's a phenomenal game. Now, I did try it. I, 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 I bought it, I downloaded it, and I did play it. I'm probably one of those very few people. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. I enjoy watching other people play and what they come up with. But as soon as it becomes... I think, I think what got to me is it's 
there's parts of it that is like very arc in, yeah. in nature with the base building and everything. Very like. much, yeah. And I, and I did not enjoy arc at all. Right, That's which is it, it's perfectly fine. I understand it's not a game targeted for me. If if the whole like pal like you know the arc concept was taken out and it was still just like open world, yes, you can have your own small little base. And it was like, say for example, it was more like the forest where I just needed to build a base or whatever. Chances are I would have loved it because I loved the forest. I didn't like arc and everything with all the technology trees and things like that as well with the whole survival, which is perfectly fine. But I love watching people play it. I, I've been watching a bit of a, a gentleman by the name of Pirate Software. I think he used to be a previous uh, Blizzard employer um, uh, with like the development of Diablo and things like that. And it was uh, very interesting to watch him play. I know a lot of people that have put in hundreds of hours already into the game and they thoroughly love it. And mm. you know what? It, it It's a very pretty game. Don't get me wrong. I really liked it. I dig the, uh, the combat and things. But the base building, but yeah, I mean, on Steam, it was ranked number two in terms of like games yes. of like all time yes. because of like peak players. Obviously, PUBG with like, I think it was like two point something odd million at, you know, at one stage and PUBG was huge. Do you think that this is there and it's past, I think, Counter-Strike in terms of yes. peak players of all time? In five is- days. It's crazy to think and about. And that's just Steam. It's also available on Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. That's just Steam. It is absurd to me. It has sold over 5 million copies already. And when I say already, so as at recording, it's Wednesday. I was talking about this with people on Sunday already. Like the game has absolutely exploded. Now, any game that becomes this popular this quickly will always have its share of controversy. And I think doubly so for a game like Pal World. A lot of people, particularly Pokemon fans, have a serious problem with the game. And they're saying, you know, oh, the yeah. pals are basically, I mean, I, I did it. I went into my my game um, while I was on stream and I opened up my pal deck and I was like, look, it's, you know, from Wish and it's <laughs> it's Pikachu yeah. from Wish and it's Electabuzz from Wish. Um, and I went through and like, you, you see all the similarities there, but the concepts and the idea of these like pocket monsters has been around for years temtem did it temtem did it no it didn't do it with actual pokemon i don't think but like temtem was a thing um digimon was Mm -hmm. a thing like there are so many of these and yes i know the designs look very very similar a lot of people have made the argument that it's copy paste a lot of people have made the argument that it's ai i don't know if i necessarily agree with all of that stuff but i will say nintendo has not done anything yet. You know what Nintendo did do? Somebody made a mod that turns all of your pals into Pokemon. Nintendo shut that down. <laughs> they sent out a cease and desist. It's been taken down. It is gone. But the game itself remains. And I feel like Nintendo probably realized they don't have that much of a case. Yeah, they probably don't. And you know what? We we, we spoke about it. We This game looks really cool. Um, a lot of people absolutely love it. It is an absolute hit. A lot of people are streaming it. A lot of people are playing it. And as you said, it, it's console and PC, Xbox, Xbox Game Pass. It's it's all of those good things. And it's it's a nice refresher, you, you know, game. Open world survival games often haven't done great. I mean, they've done all right. Um, I hope that this one is one of those exceptions that it it continues to be a strongly played game now mm. i don't think they're obviously going to maintain like 1.5 million players forever and ever 
you know, there is going to be an inevitable slump. But I hope that it, for for the other developers, that it it is still a strongly played game a year from now, two years from now, because it's got the potential for it. I just love that for once, I'm not the one on the outside looking in. Every time you used to bring up Baldur's Gate, I'd be like, yeah, it's a really cool game. It's not for me. Eh. So finally, <laughs> I could be one of the cool kids and you're the weird loser that doesn't like the game. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I refunded it yesterday. And uh, refunded, yeah, I refunded. I'm amazed it you bought it, it when it's on me. Game Pass. That's so weird. Yeah, well, I... You know what? That was the uh, the one thing. But I mean, like, I bought it on Steam. I was like, well, everybody's there. Let me just do it. And I didn't quite know what the cross-platform things were going to be like if mm, I wanted to play okay, with yeah. friends. So which is why I went and got it on Steam. But I've refunded it. And if at some stage I do want to play it again, I'll just pick it up for free on Game Pass because I've got Game Pass, <laughs> which is great. Uh, but yeah, so Powerwood rocking the uh, the numbers, which is super, super good to see. As always, there's a lot of news segments that we can't get to because there's just so much at the moment. Sorry, Game Rant, for about two podcast episodes ago where we said you're digging at the bottom of the barrel. But uh, there's been a, a, a lot of things. And, uh, you know, first up is that, that there's four new Sonic the Hedgehog Lego sets that are rumored to be released in summer and fall of 2024. The leaked sets includes the Tails Adventure Boat, Knuckles and the, uh, the Master Emerald, and Supersonic versus Egg Drillster. Uh, there may also be 18 plus Lego sets with 720 pieces released in October 2024. I love Lego. <laughs> I like Sonic. Put those together. I'm probably going to buy more Lego. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that I googled what it meant to have an 18 plus Lego set. It just means there's a lot of pieces. For anyone else who was confused by that, it just means there are a lot of pieces. <laughs> uh, Starfield update 1.9.47 is now available for download to Steam users in beta. The game's first update of 2024 is also its biggest one to date, introducing over 120 fixes and improvements. Impressive that there are still that many that need to be made. The new Starfield patch is expected to reach the stable channel and thus Xbox Series XS and PC Game Pass players in the coming weeks. Bethesda officially announced the Elder Scrolls Castles, which is now available for pre-registration on the Google Play Store and iOS App Store. Uh, the Android version of the game soft launched in the Philippines in late September 2023. The Elder Scrolls Castle is a Fallout Shelter clone that tasks players with building and managing their own dynasty. Plants vs. Zombies 3 Welcome to Zomberbia is in the beginning stages of a soft launch, bringing back uh, the classic feel of the original game. The game will feature lane-based tower defense combat, a story-driven experience, somehow, and the ability to rebuild and customize the neighborhood. While fans are excited for the return to the original format, there are concerns about the potential for microtransactions and how it may impact the overall experience. I hope that there isn't many, if mm -hmm. any at all, because Plants vs. Zombies is a really nice game to just sit and do mindlessly. I dig it. The new update for Robocop Rogue City introduces highly anticipated features like new game plus mode and a bonus difficulty for players. Existing save files can also be used to unlock new game plus and carry over skills and upgrades, while new cosmetic rewards or cosmetic rewards are also available. I'll get the words right soon. <laughs> the update adds a new difficulty mode called There Will Be Trouble, which promises to make enemies more challenging, giving players new ways to complete missions. Vampire Therapist. Let's let that sink in. 
Vampire Therapist is an indie game that explores the inner struggles of a vampire, allowing players to help them overcome their issues. Indie games often offer unique and unconventional ideas, even though they may not appeal to everyone. Develop a Little Back Game says the game should appeal to fans of what we do in the shadows and other vampire comedies. I just don't know what to say about it. I want this game. I feel like it's going to speak to my inner edgelord emo kid, you know? It's not a phase, mom! <laughs> God. The day before, a zombie survival game has officially shut down its servers after a highly controversial launch and overwhelmingly negative reviews. The game faced accusations of false advertising, scamming players, and using unpaid volunteers instead of paid workers. Crazy. Developer Fantastic blamed a hate campaign against this game for its pure reception. Its latest statement saw it dismiss all past reports about the day before's troubled development and launch day state as misinformation, arguing that select bloggers were the only ones who profited from the game by dogpiling on it. I got an just, aneurysm when I read that. <laughs> just, you, 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 st- you fucked up. <laughs> like... Just leave it at that. Oh, man. Uh, CD Projekt Red hints that the next Witcher game is still a couple of years away, but the studio's progress is promising. CEO Adam Badovsky indicates the studio aims to have around 400 people working on it by the middle of 2024. CDPR plans to begin the production phase of the next Witcher trilogy in 2024 with a large team of developers suggesting a potential release in 2026 or 2027. Solid Snake is the latest gaming icon to join Fortnite, bringing items and quests related to Metal Gear Solid franchise. Players can unlock Solid Snake through the Big Bang Battle Pass, which also grants access to various outfits, emotes, and loading screens. Why are they doing Metal Gear Solid dirty? I mean, it's Fortnite. They've added every... They ruined some of my favorite anime. Like, I just... I put it in there because other people like Fortnite, but it hurt me to put it in there, you know? I agree. Uh, Sea of Thieves Season 11 update introduces major expansions to trading companies and new rewards, providing players with plenty to do on their voyages. The update includes an overhaul of the quest system, a progression track known as Distinctions, and a new type of fast travel called Sea of Thieves On Demand. (laughs) Season 11 also includes an optional plunder pass for additional rewards, as well as gameplay improvements such as improved hit markers and rebalanced bounty voyages. Aventurine and Archeron are new characters in Honkai Star Rail, with Aventurine being a five-star unit specializing in the ice element and Archeron being a five-star unit specializing in lightning damage. Aventurine is part of the uh, the preservation path, suggesting that he may be a tank or a shielder character. Archeron's path is Nihility, and while her kit hasn't been revealed yet, she specializes in dealing lightning damage. The upcoming update for 2.0 for Honkai Star Rail will introduce new characters like Misha and Sokol, who belong in the Harmony and Destruction paths, respectively. These characters are expected to have their debut banners next month. I may or may not have put that on your turn on purpose. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get the sense that uh, <laughs> we are now aiming so that Andrew can do all these Honkai Star Rail and Genshin Impact uh, and, you know, news segments because he struggles to pronounce their names. 100%. 
And finally, Call of Duty introduces Operator Bundles featuring characters from The Boys TV series in Season 1 Reloaded. Players can purchase Operator Bundles for 2,400 COD points with weapon blueprints and accessories included. A new limited time mode, inspired by The Boys, allows players to experience a unique version of Kill Confirmed. It pains me because I love The Boys. And the fact that I saw it on like Call of Duty, I was, I, it pained me. That should be news that nobody cares about. But I've got something else that nobody cares about. If you are one of those users that use ad blocks and still are getting YouTube ads, apparently it might just be because you're using too many ad blocks. Uh, besides forcibly blocking video playback or intentionally slowing download rates of videos, YouTube has found many ways to prohibit users who do use it. Um, if YouTube has been fighting ad blocking users and non Chrome users to some extent, which some people have found out, which is crazy for, for several months, uh, like what has changed? They've been on this huge campaign to try and get people to stop using, but like what has changed? Well, it turns out that just users are using more ad block, more than one ad block. Um, as a Reddit user by the name of Nightmean found out whilst posting about it on Reddit. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't appear to be YouTube doing much at all, honestly. Um, but it might just be you, the user, using too many add-ons. Like, you know, multiple pieces of protection might not protect you at all at the end of the day. If you're going to use them, just use one, right? Um, also maybe just look at using a better browser like Brave if you are one of those that don't like ads or whatever. But at the end of the day, if there are channels that you do support and that you do like, but I recommend you just disabling your ad block or whatever just on this mm. because it does actually go to the uh, the support. I get flourished with all these ads constantly and they do drive me mad sometimes. So I've resorted to disabling my Brave add-on or my brave uh, blocker when I am on a channel that I do support. So, you know what? Just if you're using them, don't use multiple. Use one and you'll probably see those issues go away. I use sponsor block. And um, so I'm busy watching Critical Role. I'm busy getting caught up, as you well know. And I'm on season two at the moment, or campaign two. and the sponsor block add-on has been phenomenal for cutting out all of the sponsor reads at the beginning of the episode and all of the like fluff in between, including like um, like fan submitted art and stuff. So if I'm not sitting at my PC to go and like seek to the end of that so that I can get to the next part of the episode, it just does that for me. And it's fantastic. Yay. And I don't feel guilty because these episodes are like four years old. So you know what? I, I don't really care about your ad revenue. I'll be perfectly I, honest. You know what? I also subscribe to the Critical Role Twitch channel anyway. So, like, I've got no issue with doing things like that. Um, you know what? If, as long as you're supporting the people, I mean, you do In you other ways, do. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really care. But if you do want, to, if you do have somebody that you do support, that you want to support, just consider turning it off or whatever. But if you are one of those that, like, just use ad blockers because you don't like ads and you're having these ads pop up, Chances are it's more than one uh, add-on that you have that's causing the issue, which was quite funny. The, the person I was like, yeah, they have like these four different ones. You're thinking that they're going to give different multi-layered, like, no, they're probably just conflicting against each other. And that's why you're having the, uh, the issue. So I have a great analogy for that, but it's not PG. Mm -hmm. 
I will tell you when we're done. I, <laughs> I think I know what what the analogy <laughs> is at the end. <laughs> but but we, we, we can talk about it afterwards just to make sure that I, I am on the same page. But I think it is exactly what I'm thinking about. <laughs> well, that about rounds out, uh, rounds out on using gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 31 of Your Week in Gaming. You can find us on all socials at YWIG Podcast and by email at yourweekendgamingpodcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew and you can find me at my name is Pengu. I'm Sam. You can find me at Nari Mizuki. Our next episode will be out on Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024 at 7am GMT and plus two and across all podcast platforms. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.